there. Welcome to another life-transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwit Achero. So our theme this year is establishing a kingdom legacy. And we have looked at number one, which is the legacy of prosperity and how to establish the legacy of prosperity. I believe with all my heart that God wants to bless you and he wants the blessings to spill over to your children, to your grandchildren, and to your great-great-grandchildren. Amen. You are supposed to be blessed. Your children are supposed to be blessed. Your grandchildren are supposed to be blessed. Your lineage is supposed to be blessed. In Jesus' name. Maybe I'm preaching to myself, so I'll say amen for myself. I say you're supposed to be blessed. Your children are supposed to be blessed. Your grandchildren are supposed to be blessed. Your lineage is supposed to be blessed. Shout a louder amen. I prophesy there will be a legacy of prosperity in your lineage. Not a legacy of poverty, a legacy of prosperity in your lineage. Your children will be blessed. Your grandchildren will be blessed. Your great-great-grandchildren will be blessed. Your entire lineage will be blessed. Shout aloud, amen. Number two, which is today, what I want us to look at today is the legacy of building. The legacy of building. Somebody shout, the legacy of building. Is that a shout? Volume 5. Volume 7. Volume 10. Fantastic. Amen. There's something I pray that West Africans can pass on to us East Africans. West Africans are loud and rowdy. And I kind of like it. So we want to look at the legacy of building. Now, construction is one of the most important activities that improves the quality of life for human beings. Construction. Everywhere you see construction, I want you to realize that it is meant to improve the quality life of the people that live within that area. It is beneficial because it creates spaces for a wide range of activities, such as living quarters, schools, hospitals, which provide health care, schools provide education, places of entertainment where you can go and eat and relax, chill out, and get rid of stress, or a place where you can experience leisure. So construction is very, very important because it improves the quality of life for the people who are living in that designated area. Construction is also important because it boosts a country's economy in terms of capital investment and employment generation. Where you see construction, you know that the economy is going to be boosted. Where you see construction, you see investment in that particular place. And that investment will generate income through employment because as people work on that particular project, they are able to generate an income. The involvement of workers from various professions, such as architects, structural and electrical engineers, lawyers, urban planners, the investment firms, all these different entities that come into play when there is construction in a place creates jobs which stimulates the country's economy. You will agree with me, when you go to poor countries, they don't have a lot of buildings. You're very quiet. 
All right. If you go to poor areas in this country, they don't have a lot of buildings. Isn't it true? E.G., tell your neighbor, your village. Where you see a lot of construction, where you see a lot of houses being built, when you go to that place and just stand there, you will see how the economy works. As the people are working, you will see some mamas coming there with food. Chapati and... Isn't it true? So she will cook knowing that by the end of the day, I'll be going back home with monies that will be able to take care of my family. As these guys who are eating are working, they know at the end of the day, somebody will come with a black car with tinted windows with their salary and give them money, isn't it? So it boosts the economy. Something happens around where construction is. When there is no construction in a particular place, that particular area is lagging behind in terms of development. It is through construction that you see people visit shops to buy materials, tiles, cement, wood, ballast, all these things that are needed. Uh, metals to be able to build. And so the economy is able to move where construction is taking place. However, ladies and gentlemen, the sad reality is not everybody is keen on building. There are people who never think of building anything. Ask your neighbor for me, are you thinking of building something? There are people, it has never even crossed their mind that they should build something. They don't think about it. They don't plan to be able to do it. They only want to enjoy what others have labored to build. You need to realize that some of the things you are enjoying today was somebody's labor yesterday. The house you live in, the office you go to, Monday to Friday, somebody has labored to build that company. Somebody has labored to build that business. Somebody has labored to build that skyscraper. And there are many, many people who never think of building. It's only a few people who always think of something that they can build. Many people think about now. Food now. Live now. Dress now. They don't think about 20 years, 30 years, 40 years to come. And some of them think they will never get to 80. That's why they don't think of building. You know, there are people who don't build because they think they will die at 40. Now they are 45. Tell your neighbor, you're not dying now. Start building something. And people will say, why should I build? And I know if, if I really do well, it's 50. You might be shocked. You might get to 90. Because I always prophesy here and say, you will cross 70 with ease. Let me prophesy again. I prophesy, you will cross 70 with ease in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes. Ease simply means you will cross 70, but you will not have major health challenges. You will still be strong. Your kidneys are working well. Your liver is working well. Your mind is sharp. Your body is strong. So can you imagine you're crossing 70 and you have nothing that you have built? You'll be frustrated. You are 80 and you're still living in a rental house. You'll be frustrated. So you have to think of building because you're not dying now. Touch your neighbor, tell them you're not dying now. Some of you are not even talking to your neighbors because you are thinking you might not cross 50. I prophesy, everybody under the sound of my voice, may you cross 70 with ease in the name of Jesus. 
So touch your neighbor one more time and tell them, you are not dying now. Build something. People who don't think about building don't have a futuristic view of life. I need to say that again. People who don't think about building don't have a futuristic view of life. Their vision doesn't go beyond their nose. And you can tell as an African, your nose is very short. Check with your neighbor, how long is their nose? How many centimeters? Some of you, your neighbor has a flat nose, isn't it? <laughs> People who don't think about building, they don't have a futuristic view about life. They only think about now. They only think about today, how they will survive today, how they will make it through today, but they don't think about something that they can build that will outlast them. They don't think about being relevant in the next generation. They don't think about a long-term vision that will, will still speak long after they have left here on earth. There are families where no building takes place. The only house that is in that family which has 10 brothers, is a house that was built by a great-great-grandfather, great-great-great-grandfather many years ago. And all those 10 brothers are fighting for that one house. They want to kill each other because of that one house. And the house is on an eighth. And they are fighting for that house, taking each other to court, grabbing each other's throats, because of something that was built many years ago. Many families, there are no buildings. And there are many families when you go, the buildings are even not permanent. They are semi-permanent buildings. It's very quiet in here. Ask your neighbor, just relax so the pastor can really drive this message home. No building. People are not building. People come and go. No building. The uncle has built nothing. Grandfather built nothing. Your father built nothing. They came and went. Never built anything. Never established anything. And you, you're also planning to live without building anything. That's why I'm glad you are in this service. So that you may change that trajectory in your family. That you will build something in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. And when we're talking about building, I'm not just addressing the male species. I'm also addressing the female species. Marriage is not your ticket to poverty. Build something. I say, ladies, build something. Because you, you also have brains. You are also blessed. Build something in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I see myself dedicating houses that have been built by my daughters. Beautiful houses, beautiful homes, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So tell your neighbor, I must build something. I've seen individuals who used to work, worked for many years for the government. Many years. They were even given houses by the government. They never paid rent. Worked for many years. Then they retired. After they retired, they realized, oh, I don't have a house. Then they went back to renting. 
Before long, they die. And after they die, they have to be kept in the mortuary for weeks. So that a makeshift house can be built before they are buried. Especially if you come from these tribes that believe in traditions. Hey, it's very quiet in here, Lord. They will keep that corpse in the morgue. And forget about it first. Do a harambe. Start a WhatsApp group to build at least a structure. So when they remove the guy from the mortuary, they take the guy to, to his house to at least sleep there. If the wife is alive, also to sleep. Hey. Then now they bury. It should not be like that for you. Tell your neighbor, I'm changing this thing. I'm changing it. In the name of Jesus. It will not happen to me. In Jesus' name. Oh yes. It should not be like that. Because we have been, I will show you that God has equipped us to build. Can I hear an amen? amen. Many of us, we have not been given buildings by our parents. In fact, many of us, we have been given a bill, not a building. Eish. Do you want me to preach or? Many of us, we have been given debts, not a building, by our parents. And our parents were not given a building as well. They were given a bill. And if you're not careful, even you, you will give your children a bill. And not a building. That's why I'm teaching so that you may change that tradition. Instead of giving your children a bill, you will give them a building. I wish I had a witness in this house. I prophesy you give your children buildings, houses, buildings, companies, houses, and not bills in the name of Jesus. Shout a louder amen if you believe what I'm saying. Tell your neighbor, that's my portion. Can you imagine if they gave you a building? Where will you be today? If your father gave you a house in this Nairobi city, not even a car, a house, they tells you, okay, you finished school, uh -huh. you've gotten a job, okay. That house at Karen is yours. Go and live there. Nobody should bother you. That is my blessing to you. Usha Omoka. Do you understand what I'm saying? And we should start thinking differently. Amen. We should start thinking of buildings. I believe that as God is moving the church into a phase of buildings, he's also moving you as a member of this church into that phase as well. That as we open the church, we'll be opening houses as well. As we, as we commission buildings of churches, cathedrals in different places, your house also will be built. Can I get an amen? amen. <clears throat> now, one of the things that I have realized that really makes a country also not move forward is when a country focuses on demolishing buildings instead of building new ones. Every time you see there is demolishing and demolishing and demolishing, somebody has sunk millions in a building. And he has all the permits to build. And he has made payments to all the relevant authorities. And then they come and bring down that building. Let me tell you, it is, it is a poverty mentality. And, 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 and if that thing continues in a country, the country will never progress. Because you cannot approve my building and then you come and demolish it. You cannot wait until I pay, I get all the payments, 
all the stamps, all the signatures, and then after I have built, you come and demolish it. It's, 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 it's backwardness. It's, it's wrong thinking. Because let me tell you, building is not a cheap affair. It is expensive. That's why you see some people, after they have sunk millions in a building and is demolished, they die. Some of them develop even health complications, pressure. Some of them become depressed. Some of them become suicidal. Because it's not a cheap affair. Look, I've just told you, nothing. we have not even bought cement. I've told you that almost three million. <laughs> just removing that, putting in a lorry. It's expensive. So imagine you have put up a structure, you have sacrificed, you have been there, somebody comes and brings in town. It's backwardness. Yeah, it's poverty mentality. When a country focuses on demolishing buildings instead of building, let me tell you, that country will never progress uh, quickly. Because investors will be scared away. People will not pump money into that country because you're not sure. You have land, but you're not sure. You start building, but you're not sure. That's why you, have you had people say, when you buy land, what do you do? Fence it. Then wait for a reaction. Because we are expecting a reaction. <laughs> we are expecting what? A reaction. Yeah, so you put something there, then you wait and see. If you don't see anybody coming, then you know you're, 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 you're good. Because at some point, even having a title was not a guarantee. That you own that land. So demolishing is not always good. Building is always better. Can I hear an amen? amen. You shall build. Amen. And we shall build. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. You see, where there are no buildings, you have no options. You have very few options where there are no buildings, isn't it? For example, if you grew up in a poverty-stricken area, that's where you grew up, that's where you were born, that's where you went to school, you know. You realize that you didn't have a lot of options in terms of places to go. You wake up in the morning, you take your breakfast, or maybe you wake up in the morning, then you go to the river. You draw water, you come back with the, river, with the water, isn't it, from the river. And then you take a shower. Then you, you put on something. Yeah, you just put on something, isn't it? To cover the essential parts of your body. Isn't it? Essential members. And then maybe you go to school. Isn't it? After you come from school, where is the other place you can go to? Maybe you take the animals to go and graze. Then you come back home. Or maybe you sit under a tree. Chew mangoes, guavas, sugarcane. Then the day is over. Yeah, because you don't even have money to spend. The only day that you see people, you know, shining and whatever is a market day, and it is once a week. You go to this shopping center, so called shopping center, with sprawling shops. Everybody has come. Everybody is shining. Wow, the faces are shining. They have applied excess oil on their face. <laughs> Isn't it true? The ones who are little money, they have headphones. And sneakers. That's all. Then the day is over. There are no places of entertainment. The day is over. So if you've, you've been raised in such a place, you realize that you don't really have a lot of options. But if you've been raised in a place that has been developed, you have a lot of options. There are so many places that you can be able to go. And there are so many things that you can be able to do. And as you're going to those places, money is moving from one end to another. Talk to me, somebody. The economy is stronger in that place. The purchasing power is higher in that particular place. That's why building is very, very important. Can I hear an amen? amen? If you are here and you came from a poor background where there are no buildings, 
I speak a special grace and anointing and wisdom and strength over your life. I prophesy and declare that you shall become a builder of something in the name of Jesus. You will build a house. You will build a business. You will build a profitable company. Hey, and you will build a church in the name of Jesus. Can I hear louder? Amen. Give somebody a high five and tell them, I will build something. Oh, yes. Even if you came from a place where there was no building, a family where there is no building, you, you will build. I say you, you will build. I say you, you will build. Your children will build. Your grandchildren will build. Your great-great-grandchildren will build something. If you believe it, shout aloud, amen. Can we go deeper? The first time I traveled out of this country was in 1993. And I got an opportunity to go to the UK. And I was amazed. I was blown away. Because I was not staying in Nairobi then. I was living in a small town. Which begins with a B. <laughs> it can mean many things. It can mean Bangkok. <laughs> Beijing. Bondo. Is it, is it? <laughs> And here I am in this country. I was just blown away. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. The road network, the landscaping, the structures, the buildings, the lighting at night. You drive on the road and the lights have been arranged properly on a straight line. You know, there are places you go, they have street lights, but... They are haphazard, straight. The grass is green. The trees, the way they have been planted. The houses, how estates have been planned. I was amazed. I was mesmerized. I remember they took us to a place called the Cheddar Village. So when they mentioned we are going to Cheddar village. My thinking was, we're going to a village. The African kind of village. You know your village, isn't it? So that was my thinking. When we got there, I said, no, 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 no. This is not a village. They said, no, this is Cheddar village. I said, no, 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 no. no. This is not a village. I need, to, I need to take you to a village. You see how a village looks like. This is not a village. This is a, this is a big city. I mean, it was a very developed village with tarmac roads, water is flowing, street lights, schools well built, hospitals well built. I mean, it was looking so nice. It was more beautiful than our city in Nairobi. And they call it a village. Building is fantastic. Tell your neighbor, building is fantastic. Then I just thought about our villages. I say, wow, God is helping us. Then they took us to stadiums, huge stadiums. They took us to beautiful auditorium. Every day we were visiting different places. They took us on an educational and cultural, you know, tour to see different places, how they have preserved culture. They have preserved so many things. They have turned everything into a money-minting business because of the way they have constructed it. Amusement parks, beautiful hotels, beautiful restaurants. What also captured my attention was their bridges. Because I remembered our bridges. I saw a video the other day of, I think, a guy who was going, I think he's a, 
It's a politician who was going to open a bridge. And while he was opening the bridge, it collapsed. <laughs> I mean, we cannot connect one island with another. With a, with a, a, a fantastic bridge, just a bridge. They took us to a bridge, it's called the Clifton Suspension Bridge, which was linking Clifton in Bristol to Lay Woods in North Somerset. This bridge was built and opened in 1864, and in 1993, it was still intact. It is a suspended bridge over the waters. I remember when I stood on that bridge and cars were moving, the bridge was swinging. It has been swinging from 1864 to 1993, and it has not collapsed. How many years are those? And the bridge I was telling you about, I think it was built in a month's time, and when they were going to open it, <laughs> the bridge is still there. Ladies and gentlemen, it is fantastic to build. Building is a sign of prosperity and posterity. Let me say that again. Building is a sign of prosperity and posterity. Great buildings in a country or great buildings in a ministry or great buildings in a family or great buildings in a community is a sign of prosperity and posterity. Posterity simply means an enduring legacy. Poor countries don't build. And sometimes they are not poor because they lack resources. It is poverty mentality. Poverty mentality can never build. Poverty mentality in families can never build. Poverty mentality in churches will cause churches to be in rental, rental spaces for years without building. It is a wise thing to build. Yesterday, I was watching a documentary of the tallest building in the world, Burj Khalifa, which is in Dubai. They call it a city on the sky. It is 830 meter, meet, meet, meters from the tip of that building to the ground. 830 meters. That is quite tall. And some guys were giving an experience. They went there and they went to the top there. And they were saying, you feel like you're literally in the clouds. You're in a building, but you feel like you're in the clouds. Fantastic. Our tallest buildings are which ones? The flats in pipeline. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is Times Tower? How tall is it? I thought it has been overtaken by a building at Upper Hill. There's a building at Upper Hill there. But when I was looking at this document, it really fascinated me because now I'm in the season of building. I'm just thinking about building. The leader of the country stood up one day and he said, I want to build the tallest building in the world. That's what he said. And he looked for the best engineers, best construction companies in the entire world. And they all converged in Dubai, which is a desert to build this massive structure. A desert, it doesn't rain often. No tree, few trees, dry area. And he said, I wanna build something that is tall, taller than even the Twin Towers in New York, taller, very tall. Bring me everybody that can make this thing happen. And they all converged in Dubai. As they were coming, the economy of Dubai was improving. Because everybody converged there. And they sat down and they started building. Then I saw the materials. 
that were involved, the resources that they had to bring together, the cranes they had to put together, the steel, the manpower, the number of people that were going in every day to build that massive structure, the glass that had to be manufactured, which keeps the heat but brings in the ice. I was amazed. It was captivating. And they were able to finish it. When that thing was finished, it converted, it changed, it changed the economy of Dubai completely. Tell your neighbor, building is a wise thing. They didn't hear you. Tell them again. Building is a wise thing. So it is a wise move to build. And I'm glad we are in that phase as a church. We are moving into building. Because where great buildings exist, prosperity, progress, and an enduring legacy is established. I think you need to write that. Where great buildings exist, prosperity, progress, and an enduring legacy is established. In my study closet, I stumbled on an article that has documented four oldest cathedrals in Kenya. Four oldest cathedrals in Kenya. These are church buildings that were built before independence. When did Kenya gain independence? 1963. So they were built before Kenya was even free. So you can guess who built them. Missionaries. The first one is Holy Family Basilica, which is here in Nairobi. It was built in 1904 by Catholic settlers. When they came here, they looked for land, and they found it, and they built it. The building still stands to date. Secondly is the Lady of Good Hope Catholic Church, located in south of Taita Hill. It's a fortress-like Christian sanctuary built by missionaries in 1893. The building is still standing today. Ask your neighbor for me, where were you in 1893? The fourth one is All Saints Cathedral, which is here in Nairobi as well. It is one of the oldest standing structures in the city of Nairobi, and it was built in 1917 by the Anglican Church of Kenya missionaries. Then we have one which is dubbed the smallest church in the world, Maimayo Catholic Church, which was built by Italian prisoners of war in 1942. You can see that these buildings are still there. The people that built them died, but the building is still there. The missionaries that commissioned the building project, they died, but the building is still there. Two years ago, we were in Minnesota, and our host pastor took us, you shall be there in Jesus' name, Amen. to the Cathedral of Saint, of Saint Paul, Cathedral of Saint Paul. And this is a magnificent church that was built in 1904 and is still standing until today. Ladies and gentlemen, people move, people relocate, people die, but buildings will remain. Buildings will stay. What you have erected, if it is maintained properly, it will remain and it will stay there for many years to come. We want when we have gone that this church will still be here. Oh, I thought I'll get a better amen. amen. The church will still standing. It will still be standing. Even if Jesus tarries, the church will still stand. Many years to come. If Jesus doesn't come a hundred years from now, we want the sanctuary to still be there. Two hundred years from now, we want the sanctuary to still be there. And the people who will be worshiping there, they will remember. They will remember us. They will say there were people who are here in the year 2023. I think the pastor will be preaching the way I'm preaching, asking you, where were you? 
He will be asking them, where were you in the year 2023? Do you understand what I'm talking about? That's why we must build. Because when you build, then you have an enduring legacy. When we build God's house, we shall establish a kingdom legacy for many generations to come. Can I hear an amen? amen. Now, I'm sure some of you are looking at me and say, Ay, he has said so many things but no scripture. <laughs> Genesis chapter 2. When God created the earth, he only put trees, grass, animals, water, separated land from the water, created mountains, all these things. But there is something that he left for man to do, and that is to build buildings. We don't see anywhere that God was mixing cement and ballast and sand to build. He left that assignment to human beings. He left that assignment to you and I, and I will prove to you shortly. Amen. Genesis chapter 2 verse 8. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 8. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. He planted a garden what do you find in a garden? Trees, isn't it? What do you find in a garden? Shrubs. What do you find in the garden? Flowers. What do you find in the garden? Huh? Fruits, isn't it? So that is what God planted. Out of the ground, God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. That's why I believe in planting trees, because trees are pleasant to their sight to the eyes. Have you ever gone to a place where it is just green? It's therapeutic, isn't it? Yeah, it's nice. So he planted, uh, he caused the, every tree to grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Verse 10. Now a river went out of Eden to water the garden and there, from there it parted and became four river heads. It was water. The name of the first is Pishon. It is the one which cuts the whole land of Havila, where there is gold. He even put gold. Wow. Amazing, isn't it? So there was trees, there was water, and now we are seeing gold. Next verse. And the gold of that land is good. Billiam and onyx stone are there. Precious stones were also there. Verse 13. The name of the second river is Gihon. It is the one which goes around the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Hidekel. It is the one which goes towards the east of Assyria. The fourth river is the Euphrates. Then verse 15. Then the Lord God took the man. He has put trees into place, water into place, gold into place. Then he takes man. He took the man and put him in the garden of Aden to do what? To tend and keep it. Now switch to King James Version. We see the, another word for the word tend. Verse 15. And the Lord God took the man and he put him into the garden of Aden to do what? To dress it and to keep it. The reason why you had the boldness to come out of your house is because you are dressed. Otherwise, you can't just say, I'm moving with the confidence of Jesus. <laughs> you had to dress up and, and cover yourself. And sometimes you're not very sure. You have to even go in front of a mirror. And you do a 360 degree turn, isn't it? To make sure everything is okay for you to come out. So God puts man in the garden of Eden. He tells man, I want you to dress it. I want you to dress the garden of 
Eden. It looks good, but you can do so much more with the Garden of Eden. You can dress it. Now, to dress simply means to make straight or a straight line to adjust to a right line. That talks about excellence. It has to be straight. When you're drawing the line, when you're building, whatever you're doing, if it is a straight line, it has to be a straight line. Not a crooked line, straight. So God was telling Adam, make sure everything that you do, you do with excellence. In this garden that I have put you in. Any other modifications, any other additions, as you're dressing it, as you're making it look nice, make sure everything you put here, it has to be straight. I've realized a lot of people have a problem with a straight line. And they're not in this service. Oh, they're here. I have realized many people are not keen with a straight line. I've even realized even fundis are not keen with a straight line. One time I was explaining to a fundi, this line is not straight. And he was saying, hmm, this line is straight. I said, it's not straight. He said, no, it's straight. We argued for almost 45 minutes. Then we brought somebody else. The person I brought, he made it worse. He said, Pastor, me, I'm seeing it is straight. <laughs> we had to climb this office. We went up, climbed it. Then I told them, look, it is not straight from here. He said, no, 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 no. It is your land which has adjusted itself. <laughs> I said, really? He said, yes. When you look at your land, look at your land. Your land is not straight. The line is straight, but your land is not straight. <laughs> God told Adam, anything you do here, make sure there is excellence. You must achieve 90 degrees where there is a joint. It has to be straight. Hallelujah. Straight. Now, as I'm teaching, you go back even to the houses you're living in, you'll be surprised. You might not see some straight lines somewhere. Pillars are not straight. The window is not straight. Yes. Look at even the tiles. You will see sometimes are not straight. God tells Adam, it has to be straight. Tell your neighbor, it has to be straight. Tell them again, it has to be straight. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Hmm. I wish I had time to work this. But it has to be straight. I wish all the fundies were going to work on this project were in this service today. It has to be straight. Straight. Because if it's not straight... Huh? You are not dressing the garden the way God wants you to dress it. If it is a building, it has to be straight. I remember when we were doing the excavation, I told, I told the, the, the engineers, I mean, excavation is just removing the soil. He said, no, 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 no. We have to make sure it is straight. So we had to bring a land surveyor to look at the points and balance the building. Because when you are building, you don't see some things. But after you finish, then you ask yourself, hey, what have we done? And you cannot demolish it. So you just live with it. So he said, it has to be straight. We have to balance. We have to look at the points from the left, from the right, from this side, from this. We have to balance so that when you are done, when you look at it, you can see that the thing is balanced. Tell everybody it has to be straight. So God is telling Adam, look, whatever you're going to do here, there has to be Excellence. Now, secondly, something here very powerful. To dress is to cultivate. To dress is to cultivate. Are you enjoying my teaching this morning? I'm just building my teaching because of the journey we're going to travel together. It's, it's to cultivate. That means it's to put in good order or to put in the condition desired. To put in good order or to put in the condition desired. So therefore, when we talk about dressing, it simply means to bring order. Somebody shout order. It's to bring order where there is chaos. 
Please follow me. I'm going somewhere. Is to bring order where there is chaos. God puts Adam in a garden with the bare minimum. But he tells him, Adam, I want you to know that you have stepped into a very hostile environment. The shrubs will grow. The trees will grow. Thorns will grow. This garden will be wild. But your work is to cultivate it and make sure that there is order in the garden. Because I know at some point there will be chaos in this garden. To dress simply means that where God has placed you, you're supposed to bring order. If there is no road, you must construct one. If there is no house, you must construct one. If there is no, you're very quiet. If there is no school, you must construct one. If there is no hospital, you must construct one. If there is no water, you have to drill a borehole. If there is no church, you have to build one. You have to cultivate the ground and make sure that where there is chaos, you replace it with order. Hmm. That's why we want to build. Because we want to bring order. We are bringing order in Siokimau. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Some of you are not here on a particular Friday. We even left the service on a Friday. We went to this road and anointed the road. And we prayed and we said, this road will be tarmacked. As long as we are here, the road must be tarmacked. And brothers and sisters, I have good news for you. It will be tarmacked in Jesus' name. Yes. Everywhere you go, you must bring order. Hallelujah. Now that we are here, we are going to bring order here. Yes? In Jesus' name. By the grace of God. That's why we have planted trees. We have done whatever we are doing. We want to bring order in this area. When we came, this school was not here. When they saw us here, they decided to build. These houses were not here. When we came, they decided to build. You understand what I'm talking about? Order is coming. I say order is coming where you are. That's what I'm telling you. God has put within you the ability to build. Tell your neighbor it is in you. Tell them again it is in you. Give somebody a high five. Tell them it is in you. The ability to build is in us. The ability to bring order where there is chaos is in us. The ability to put stone on top of the other, it is in us. The ability to build bridges, to build schools, to build flats, to build skyscrapers, to build churches, that ability has been put in us. Our work is to dress the garden. It is in us. And because it is in us, we are going to build in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 60. Whew, glory to God. It is in me. Hallelujah. It is in you. The ability to build, it is in you. Hallelujah. Even if you've never seen it in your family, it will happen with you. Some of you, I prophesy, you'll be the first one. You'll be the first one to build. You'll be the first one to build a story building in your family. In the name of Jesus. Shout aloud, amen, if you receive this prophet. You'll be the first. Some of you, you'll be the first. You'll be the first one to build the house of God. In your lineage, nobody has ever built the house of God. But for you, you will be the first one to start the project and finish. In the name of Jesus. Receive the grace in Jesus' name. Receive the anointing in Jesus' name. Receive the resources in Jesus' name. Receive that ability in Jesus' name. Shout, I receive it. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 15. Isaiah. Whereas thou hast been forsaken and hated, so that no man went through thee, I will make thee an eternal excellency, Ooh, glory, a joy of many generations. Maybe you should switch to New King James because some people don't know what thee means. Huh? Whereas you have been forsaken and hated, so that no one went through you. 
There are places because they have not been developed. Nobody has gone there. Hmm. Because there is no road, nobody has gone there. Hallelujah. In fact, some of you, when we moved here, it was your first time to come here. You had never come here. And if we didn't move here, you could not even have come to this particular place. That's what the Bible is saying here. Please give me the scripture so that no one went through you. But God says, I will make you an eternal excellence, a joy of many generations. I prophesy because of you, many generations will celebrate. Because of your building, many generations will be impacted. Because of your building, many lives will be impacted. You will put joy in the hearts of many because you are going to build something. Shout a louder, amen. amen. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, neighbor. Amen. Let's give the next generation some joy. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We shall give joy. We shall trigger joy in the next generation. We shall trigger joy in successive generations because we are going to build something that is going to outlast us. It's going to benefit so many people even when we are long gone. Can I hear an amen? amen. Hallelujah. That's why I even asked you a question. What if your father gave you something profitable? What if your father gave you rental houses? Wouldn't you be happy? Wouldn't you be happy? You'll be very happy, isn't it? You'll be walking around saying, my father is a hero. My father is a hero. My father is a hero. Because he delivered you from poverty. Isn't it true? So as we build, I want you to know that he's going to bring joy to the next generation. We are going to become joy bringers. This to be a program on TV, Joy Bring Us. Isn't it? I prophesy as we build the cathedral, we shall become Joy Bring Us. Shout aloud, amen. amen. I say we shall become Joy Bring Us. Our children will enjoy the buildings. Our grandchildren will enjoy the buildings. We shall become eternal excellency. King James uses the word excellency, eternal excellency to many generations to come because of what we are building in our time. Can I hear an amen? amen. Hallelujah. And even as we build, I, 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 I'm just praying that even you, you will leave something for your children. Yes, you will leave something for your children. You, you will pass on you will pass on houses to your children. You will pass on lands that have been built. Look, I'm not just talking about land. I want you to give land that has something on it. A building on it. A business on it. A company on it. Can I get a louder amen? amen. Or you are not planning to get children? Ask your neighbor, what's your plan? Huh? Tell your neighbor, you have to leave something behind. You cannot go to the grave with your seed. You have to leave your seed behind. And you have to leave a house attached to that seed. In the name of Jesus. I prophesy. You will leave rental houses to your children. A functional company. Profitable company to your children in Jesus' name. A profitable business to your children in the name of Jesus. Can I hear louder amen in this house? We shall leave cathedrals in different counties and countries to the next generation. They will find joy, shelter, healing, breakthroughs in those cathedrals in the name of Jesus. It will be a blessing that you are dead, but people are healed in the church you built. People are saved in the church you build. People are delivered in the church you build. Demons are screaming and they are leaving people in the church you build. It will be a blessing. May it come to pass in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So tell your neighbor, it is in you. The building grace is in you. The building seed is in you. It is time for us to dress the earth 
It is time for us to build and cultivate the ground. It is time for us to put a stone on top of the other. It is time for us to build cathedrals and houses. It is in us in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout a louder, amen. amen. Genesis chapter 11, my last scripture, then we pray. Genesis. I still want to prove to you that that thing is in you. Now, the whole earth had one language and one speech. The whole earth had one language and one speech. And I have a feeling it was a lawyer language. Oh, it's a joke. Then verse 2, what happened? And it came to pass, as they journeyed, the guys are walking and they are speaking one language. As they journeyed from the east, because those days they didn't have names for places. There was no Siokimau, there was no Nairobi, there was no Embakasi. So it was just, we are moving from east to west, or from west to south, or from south to, to north. That was it as they were journeying from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and then they dwelt there. Verse 3. Then they say to one another, because they are speaking one language, come, let us make bricks. Look at that. Let us make bricks and make them and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone, and they had asphalt, for mortar, for joining the bricks. This is like cement. And then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Before there was school. There was a desire to build. Before there was universities to teach you on how to draw a building, there was a desire to build. Come on, somebody. I wish I was talking to the right people in this house. Before there was a kindergarten, there was a desire to build. Before there was father classes, side classes, evening classes, morning classes, preps, there was a desire. Oh, makeup classes, yes. There was a desire to build. That's why I told you it is in you. Oh, Are you understanding what I'm preaching to you today? Look at the neighbor and tell them, it is in you. It is in you. Before man learned one plus one is two, there was a desire to build. Before there was any graduation, there was a desire to build. Before there was any learning institution, there was a desire to build. And they came up with stones. They came up with the bricks. They baked them, and they were ready to build. In fact, they say, let us come together and build. They even used the word build. The desire was there. I want you to know that the desire is in you. I start up that desire this morning. I say, I start up that desire this morning. I say, I start up that desire this morning. We shall arise. We shall build God's house. I say, we shall arise like this gentleman and build God's house. The women were there. The children were there. The young people were there. All of them came together and they say, let us build. Oh, yes, I want to challenge COT. It is time for us to arise and build. What has been lying dormant within us? This is the time for it to be stirred up so that we may build the house of God. You will not run away. You will not be stingy. You will not be offended when we are collecting an offering to build because the desire to build is inside of us, is inside of you. Can I get a louder amen in this house? Give somebody high turn and tell them, I will build. I will build, I will build, 
I will build. I will not rest until the cathedral is finished. I will not rest until the house is finished. I will not relax until the edifice is completed. I will build. I will give. I will build. I will volunteer my services. I will show up. When I'm called upon, I will step. I will step up and build the house of God. And we'll not just build, but we will finish the building. Oh, I say we will finish the building. Oh, you will finish the building in the name of Jesus. They say to each other, let us arise and build. Because God put the desire in them to build. Hallelujah. In this sanctuary, we shall build it. We shall. And God will bless you with resources. Who came up with the resources? The same people. Yes. Look, go back. Verse 2. Verse 3. And they say to one another, Come, let us make. Let us make what? So they looked for the bricks. They went after the bricks. They looked for the bricks and then they begged them thoroughly. Oh yes, it will come from us. May God put resources in your hands for the building of God's house. Money cometh. Lift your hand and shout, money cometh. Is that a shout? You're supposed to shout so that that money can hear you from wherever it is. Shout louder, money cometh. Dollar cometh. Kenya shilling cometh. Whatever it is that needs to come, we prophesy it will come. It will come. And God will use us. God will use you. I prophesy God will use you. I prophesy God will use you. He will use the monies that he puts in your hands. You will bring resources for the building of God's house. And as you build his house, yours also will be built. And it will be finished in Jesus' name. Let us arise and build. 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 Shout aloud a yes. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazutechero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.